0: Your friend welcome to another episode of Simply Teach a podcast for teachers and by teachers i'm your host kelly jackson i'm a former teacher turned classroom organization and management coach my passion is to help teachers just like you organize manage just love their classrooms each episode is full of simple ways to engage your students stay motivated and keep up with best practices cuz y'all i know teaching is hard but i am so glad that you're here Happy Tuesday, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Simply Teach. You are listening to episode number 37, and I am so happy to have you here, and I'm even more excited to share with you my friend, Amanda Bisbee. Amanda is a real-life friend. We met in Teacher Fellows, so go see episode number 5, 6, 16, and 20 to hear all the amazing teachers who've come out of the Teacher Fellow program. And when she moved to our little town in 2016-ish maybe, she joined our Bible study group and Amanda, y'all, she is the real deal. I sent her an Instagram message over Christmas break and told her that I needed her to be on the podcast to talk about being joyful. If you were to look up the word joyful in the dictionary, Amanda's face would be right there next to it. She'll talk about it in our conversation, but she constantly remains positive and upbeat even when things are hard and this is a quality that i wish i had more of and we're going to talk about that and how she maintains that positivity and that joy in the midst of teaching and all the difficult stuff that goes with it we also talk about how even through all the positivity it's really important that we be real and authentic with our kids as well and because i'm living in germany now and she's still back in texas we use this time to catch up a little bit so we talk about a few of our favorite things and shows we're watching Oh, and also important, we're going to talk about class meetings, which is a practice that we've been doing since day one in the classroom. All right, y'all, here's my conversation with Amanda. I cannot wait for you to hear it. So get excited. Here we go. Hey, Amanda, welcome back to the Simply Teach podcast.
1: (laughs) Hi, Kelly. Thank you for having me again
0: only no one else got to listen to our first conversation. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, lost it. So, but it's fun. I'm glad, first of all, that happened with you because you're my friend and I know that, you know, it's not that big of a deal and it just means right. I get to talk to you again. Right. So win-win, right? Yes. So Amanda, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your teaching experience and what you're doing sure. and all that kind of stuff.
1: Okay. Um, my name is Amanda Bisbee. I am in my seventh year of teaching. This year, I teach um, science social studies on a three-way split in Central Texas. Um, prior to that, I have done five years of third grade and one year of first grade.
0: I want to say stuff, but then I'm like, wait, I've already yeah. said it. But no, nobody heard it. But we so. didn't, I know. <laughs> um, so what I wanted to say is that we met through the teacher fellows program. Which is the master's program that um, Mm -hmm. I've shared about on the podcast before that we, I don't think we knew each other in undergrad, did we? Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, I don't think so. So tell, you Mm -hmm. have like a really interesting, unfortunate, but you learned a lot from it, um, story about your first not even your first year, like your first two weeks. So Mm -hmm. tell us about what happened and what you learned from that, because I imagine that there will be some teachers this school year that will face that same dilemma.
1: Okay. So my first year of teaching, um, I was placed through the teacher fellows program. The way that it works is, um, You apply to the program, but then you have to interview with the area school districts that participate, and then you get placed with a district if they offer you a job. So that's how you get accepted into the program. And I was placed in Round Rock um, in a fourth-grade classroom And um, the week before school started. So Thursday was supply drop-off. Wednesday, we did a thing called Welcome Walk, where we went around and met all of our kids. Um, And Thursday morning after meeting them, my classroom was done. My sister had come out from East Texas to help me get it all ready. My principal came in and said he needed to talk to me and explained to me that, um, the kindergarten numbers didn't make, and I was the only new hire. So, um, I was going to be moved to a different school, a different grade level, a different area of town. I had no idea it could happen. I did look back through the handbook and it is something <laughs> that could happen because you're employed by the district, not by a campus. Um, but I, I was blindsided by it. Um, but, uh, it ended up being a blessing in disguise because by the end of the year, I had my original team who had, I had been with for six days of PD or like the beginning of the year staff development. And then I had my new team and new school who like all of them came and supported me. It was really, it it turned out really great. And then the school that I ended up at was a capturing kids heart school. And so I was able to go to the capturing kids heart training and they were just best practice everything. And I feel like so much of like what you end up believing in starts in your first couple of years of who mm-hmm. you're around and like what you're learning and ending up at that school and learning what I did from them along with being in the fellows program. Like I felt, I felt like after a couple of years, I had a pretty solid like foundation of what I believed as a teacher. Like I believe in reader readers and writers workshop. Like I believe in, you know, the whole capturing kids hearts and the asking the questions and all of that. So it ended up being a blessing in disguise for sure. Were, when you
0: got moved, how far were you from like, like your apartment that you were living in? Cause you moved up there. Was that a big, I never, I'm curious. No. So
1: the apartment that we picked, um, so I lived with one of our friends from grad school, Julie, and we picked an apartment that was, it was like five and a half miles for both of us. So uh, uh, it was in Round Rock ISD. It's a really large district. Um, and her school was in North Austin and my school was in Round Rock. So we picked just like this area right in between. And um, we both had about five and a half mile commute. Um, And then whenever I got surplused, luckily the school was even closer to my apartment, not further in Round Rock where it would have been an even worse situation. So I I actually ended up being like two miles from the campus I ended up at, which was also a blessing because I'm not a morning person.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. I don't think I realized that you... Um, yeah, got that. and that's
1: one of the things the principal actually said to me too. He was like, you know, and from what I hear, like the school's actually located closer to your apartment. And I was like, and you're like, okay, how do you know where I live? I know. I was like, how'd you find that out? <laughs> but, uh-huh. um, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was crazy. And then, so the way grad school worked was, and you know, you know this, but, um, we went to class every Monday night and then one Saturday a month. And there was one other girl in our program that got surplused. Um, but she got to stay in the same grade level. Um, it was just a little bit different of a situation too. And, um, but everyone else had like, like what they expected to be like normal situation. So there was a little bit of an adjustment period for me to like, cause I am by nature a positive person, but there were like, I mean, it was probably a solid six weeks where I, like, I was like, well, is was me a little bit about it, but then like in the long run, it didn't take me long. Like maybe the first nine weeks to put it in perspective. Like I knew I was where I needed to be. Like the kids that I ended up with were like the kids I needed to be with, you know? And so it ended up, like you said, it was definitely a blessing in disguise.
0: And something else I like that we've talked about before is um, you've moved to schools a lot mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not like for anything bad, just like trying mm-hmm. different, well, just yeah, what we were talking about been, before we got yeah. like started recording is right. you move a lot. Um, right. But you just bought your house, so...
1: I know. I know. Yeah. So I've always like every time I've moved, it's been for like, I feel like a pretty solid reason. Um, So I started out in Round Rock. I got placed up there. Um, So that that was not really my choice. But I Round Rock is an incredible school district. I loved being there. Um, But um, we had some friends from grad school that were in a, a district close by and they were opening a new elementary school. And it sounded intriguing and um so i applied and got got the job offer and so i went there for a couple of years and after being out there in that area for a couple of years um we realized we were never going to be able to afford to live in the area and i'm very much like i want to be like near where my kids are i want to go to their sporting events i want i want to support them and if i have to drive 45 minutes on a saturday after driving 45 minutes monday through it's just less likely for me to be able to be the kind of teacher that i want to be for them right and so after 2 years out there um we ended up moving. And, you know, I told my husband, Russell, like I have like, it's probably like a 45 mile stretch of of highway 35 that I'm willing to live on. And he said, well, how about New Braunfels? And so we ended up down here for two years and then he got a job in a town nearby. So we moved there for that. Um, so each time it's been, I feel like a pretty solid reason, but, um, I don't know, like I adapt to change pretty easily. And I feel like every, every time I've left a school, like, I'm, I always get super attached to my kids and the people that I work with, but every time that I've left, like, I, like, I know, like, I was meant to be there, even though it wasn't, like, my forever school, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that was something that I had to, let go of, too, because every time I moved, I was, like, this could be it, this could be my forever, forever school, and then, like, I don't, like, I don't have to make that decision right now, you know, mm-hmm. like, there are other things that happen, you know, so, I don't know, that's just how I kind of processed at all, I guess. Well, and
0: I think that's good because, you know, I can I come from the experience of being in the same school, my whole, um, like time teaching. And I think both have their benefits, but both Absolutely. definitely have their, uh, f- not flaws, but challenges. Like challenges. There you go. Um, yeah. but I think you've been exposed to probably a lot of different teaching styles, administrative oh, yeah. styles, which mm-hmm. I think help you, be a better teacher when you are learning from right a whole plethora of different
1: right. experiences. Right. And different expectations and di- in different districts too. It's just, I feel like I have learned a lot. And ideally the goal, like you said, we, my husband and I just bought a house this week. And, um, like now, like I am in a place where, okay, now's the time that we can figure out where do we want to be more permanently and trying to, I'm going to cross that bridge when I get there though. I'm not ready to <laughs> think about that yet it was house and then school so that's where I'm at on that decision
0: so do you have any tips or like like what do you do to s- what's
1: just Spencer happened? he jumped <laughs> down and the cord was on his body <laughs> hey buddy you're good so Spencer the dog is here with us too yes um and he if he barks it'll surprise me he's a very quiet
0: dog that's yeah, fine um, <laughs> do you have like interview tips or things that you do to kind of set yourself apart? Because I feel like every time you've told me, hey, I'm moving to a new school, like (laughs) within like two weeks, you get a job. And I'm like, how does this happen? Um,
1: Because Um, that was never my experience (laughs) with interviews. um, I don't know. Like my first thing, I always shake their hands. And I know that sounds like something that isn't that big of a deal. But like I've been on the other side of interviews where people just come in and sit down and like, like one interview I was in, it was even kind of awkward. Like the table was like super long and I like made my way around and shook all their hands. It's just like a, it, I mean, it was funny. Um, but that's just something I always start with shaking all their hands. Um, um, let me think on this one.
0: Do you bring stuff with oh. you? Like,
1: I don't, I don't like okay. only twice have I brought something with me. Like i usually will bring a copy of my resume. They already have that though, with like, mm-hmm. you know, technology these days. Um, but the last one, last interview that I did or two interviews ago, they asked to bring, um, an artifact that not represented my teaching, but something that, um, could show so I think that actually was what it was an artifact that represented my teaching. And I ended up bring, bringing, my class meeting box, And I'm fairly certain that the reason that I got that job was because I talked about class meetings and relationship building. And that was super important at that, at that school. Um, I think I, my best advice would be like, if you're not sure of the answer to something, like take the wait time, like think about it, ask them to repeat it. Like there's no, like, there's no shame in like not knowing exactly how to answer a question. And then I also like, I talk a lot. And so sometimes I'll get off track and then I'll end back with, can you, can you repeat the second part of that question? Because I'm not sure if I answered it all the way, like just to make sure. And I think I just, I just, am myself, um, you know, like I don't, I don't try, I don't say anything that I don't really do. Like mm-hmm. I, like I know all the, you know, you know, all the right answers in interviews, but like, I'm very honest about when they always ask the, what are your strengths in, Areas of improvement. They stop calling calling it weaknesses. They call it areas of growth or whatever. It's all um, about
0: the language you use, right?
1: Yes, and so that's one. Um, that's one that I like. I'm always prepared for. Like, what are what am I going to say are my strengths? What am I am gonna What am I going to say are my areas of growth? Um, and then I always have a question at the end. So, like, they they ask, do you have any questions for us? Um, and, like, I typically will Google the school before and mm-hmm. just to try to get a little bit of information or talk to friends in the district to try to figure out, like, what am I walking into here? Um, yeah, but that's, that's really it. Just be yourself. And then, like, if you don't know the answer, like, say, like, I'm not sure how I would handle that situation, but I would be happy to learn from someone who does or if y'all had it, like, have any advice. Um, that's really really it. Yeah. Um,
0: well, and I like what you said about the wait time thing too, because I remember I said in one interview, um, and it was like, I think after my second year of teaching, so I still didn't have a ton of experience. Um, (laughs) they asked me a question and I just like started rambling about something that like, didn't really have to do with the answer. And then after, and I could see them all kind of like making these faces of like, what's going on here? Where is she going with this? Yeah. Um, because you know, I just wanted to sound like I knew what I was talking about or understood the question yeah. or whatever. Um, right. Okay. You talked about class meetings and uh-huh. doing the, like you saying that in a interview, sure. um, tell us what a class meeting is okay. and why it's important to you.
1: Sure. Um, so that's something that I learned about through. We also learned in the classroom management class first. Um, we, through Texas State, we took a class called Classroom Management. And then in Fellows, we also, it was the same uh, professor. So it was similar um, philosophies on like building relationships. And um, in grad school, we had our own class meetings. We had a class meeting box. We, um, we had class meetings. So all a class meeting is is a time that is safe for your kids to be able to express something. So depending on how you set it up. Um, so I have a class meeting box and there's two different talking um, little strips in there. One of them is called the weather report. One of them is called tribbles. I literally haven't changed it in seven years because it's worked. And I use the same exact like little cards. That do you ever I've had think about how school. dirty they are? Like, oh uh, yeah. Touching think about that seven years. I them like wipe their nose and it's in their hand. I'm like, mm, <laughs> that's pretty disgusting. Yeah, no, I do think about that. Um, but So how it works is depending on, um, like I, I always do it at least once a week, um, ideally every day, but just the reality of school, it's not like, I would love to be able to do it every day, but I personally don't. Um, I do it for sure. Once a week, um, usually, usually two to three times a week though. Um, and I do it in all, I have three blocks this year and I do it in all three blocks because I don't think it's fair that my homeroom class gets to experience this. And then the other two classes don't, um, so the way it works is, um, we just have like certain guidelines that we start with. Um, the classroom manager always gets to sit by the teacher. They get to decide if they want to go first or last, and then they get to choose which talking object we start with. And then depending on time, I let them say like a reason, or if there's not time, then they can, they can't share reasons. So for the weather report, sunny is the happiest one. And so they can say, I'm feeling sunny on the days we don't have time for reasons, but if we do have time, then they can share a reason why. on the day that I get a n anytime I get a new student that day we always do a class meeting and then they have to introduce themselves and then say how they're feeling. Mm, just okay. that way the the kid comes in to like, okay, this is how we're doing things in here. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's welcoming me. Yeah. Um, I like that. So we just sorry, go ahead. I, I just was saying I like that. Oh yeah. And so um we just pass it around and they share something from their their just like their lives and it could be just anything about that day or they're ready for lunch or even like a lot deeper stuff. Just it, for me, it's, it just sets up the environment that you are safe here and you can share what's going on in your life. Like kids share some, some very like interesting things during class meeting. And we have to talk about like, if someone shares something that you don't understand what that means, and it may be something they don't even want to talk about. They just want to share it. Like if they want to talk about it, than they can, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, there's just different ground rules like that. If you have something in common with someone, we just do like a, like a tap your chest thing. So it's not like, Oh my gosh, I got a dog too. You know, like they're not yelling at each other. And I always tell them like, whenever I see a lot of the connections, like right now, if anytime there's a new update on Fortnite, half the class is like pounding their chest, you know? <laughs> and so I tell them like, you can find them at recess. We go outside for a little snack break whenever the weather's nice. It's like, you find them a snack. Like we are not, t- no, you can take that outside <laughs> Um, but it's just and they come in like I've had a couple kids this year who have written me thank you notes for creating class meetings. And it's just I'm like, well, I didn't create it's a whole thing. I'm I'm not gonna go there with them because they're nine and ten, but yeah, just like thank you so much for doing this with us. I'm like, you're welcome. Like they're just so grateful for it. And it's just there's so much there's so little time to like get to know your students whenever Mm -hmm. the demand of like the curriculum and like it's even more demanding now than you talk to any teacher from 10 years ago, they're like, my kids, what we're doing now used to be seventh grade. You know, like there's Mm -hmm. just so much pressure of getting all the academics in and there's not time. But for me, like I have to make time for it because I'm a better teacher when I know more about them, Mm -hmm. they have a better school experience whenever they're able to share more about themselves. So, um, that's just how we do class meeting. We form a circle, um, to start it and then we pass it around. Um, there are like, in grad school, we learned about the building blocks. Like there's eight building blocks and I'll, um, honestly, I do the form a circle is building block one. So they quickly, quietly, safely form a circle. And then the second one that I do is compliments and appreciations. And so just, it's kind of awkward, even as grown ups to like receive a compliment or express appreciation. And so, um, I like did, I did it with, I do it with fourth. I've done it with third and fourth grade, first grade. We didn't really get there with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, it was really interesting to hear them say like, I would like to be complimented on my soccer skills, you know? And then like to hear kids genuinely say, I've seen how hard you can kick the ball. That's awesome. You know, just practicing it. And like, I even told him, like, even as a grown up, I feel a little bit uncomfortable when people are like, Oh my gosh, your hair looks, or like, you were so nice today. It's like, thank you. And you get kind of uncomfortable with it. And so just like already like teaching them, like that's a life thing, you know, like mm-hmm. people are going to compliment you. The only appropriate response when someone does it is thank you. It's not like, Oh no, it's fine. You know, cause we do that. Yeah. You know, we're like, Oh no. But you know, so we're just, that's, those are the two building blocks that I do. And then basically it's just a, you get to share one thing at class meeting. Um,
0: yeah. You, when the compliments and appreciations, do they, uh-huh. you let them tell what they want a compliment on?
1: So that's how I did it because I feel like, I mean, we did it maybe like the fourth week of school whenever we did it. And, um, like at that time, like we're still getting to know each other, you know, and like, we don't know a lot about each other yet at that point. And so I would, I ask them like, what are some things you're interested in? And then you can choose to give a compliment receive a compliment or say, thank you to someone for something. And yeah. So I let him choose like, what is something that you feel like you're good at that someone in here could compliment you on? Like I had one little boys, like I want to be complimented on my karate. And I was like, well, I don't, has anyone ever seen you you know, do that? And he was like, no, but I can show you. And he stood up and did this amazing kick in the air and the whole class clapped for him. We're like, oh my gosh. And then I was like, who would like to give our friend a compliment? And half the class was like, you know, raising their hand. And I was like, okay, let's give him this let's, okay. And so they're like, that was amazing. But yeah, just so, you know, it's just like a, we learn more about each other and our interests. And then the, and just, I don't know, I want it to be authentic, but at the same time, like you don't know what to compliment someone on. We're just going to sit in a circle. No, I know? like that so like, because
0: yeah, it was always hard for me to like, I did it in second grade But it's kind of hard to model what that looks like. Yes. And. Sorry. Is Buddy like around? I don't know. He's not. I'm going to shut the door though. So sorry. You're fine. Um, Okay. But, well, it creates that buy-in, I think, for the kids. And I think that you have better behavior management or better opportunity for behavior management mm-hmm. when you have that buy-in from them and that relationship right. with them. Yeah. Um, oh, we were talking about compliments and appreciations and the yeah. saying that it was hard to model that for the kids. Um, right. and, and I never had to
1: be surface level, you know, yes. like your hair looks pretty. Like I like yeah. your
0: shirt, you know? And I like that um, you, I never thought about that. Like, cause sometimes you are having a bad day and you need to, you need to hear that, you know, you're worth something or that you're valuable or whatever, you know? And so I think that's teaching kids, obviously how to compliment other people, but it also, it's okay to ask for what you need.
1: Right. Um, And I, and I did, I did explain, you know, we don't go around saying today I would like for you to compliment me on how nice I've been being to you. Like, that's not something that we do. Like I explained to them, like we're doing this today. So you can understand how this feels uh on how to give a compliment and how to receive a compliment, you know? So right. we did have to have that talk because I can see, you know, oh, nine-year-olds yeah. who are very literal being like, "Miss Bisbee said, I'm allowed to tell you that today I worked really hard and you should tell me that, you know? So we did, we had to like disclaimer it, but they did really well. And like all three of my classes that I did it with, they, they did, they did good. Like I was, I was impressed.
0: I, re- I still remember my first year um, doing this with my group of kids. And I don't remember, I remember the kid who gave the compliment. I don't remember who Uh he gave the compliment to. Um, but it was a kid who was like maybe one of my lower students, um, that struggled. And he said, I want to compliment so-and-so on how hard they've been working on multiplication, because I know it's difficult for you. And I've really seen you working hard. And I remember like, that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. This is why, yeah. you know, Laura Duhon has, who is our professor, right, has like harped into us why, you know, this is important. This is why. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so it, it's hard to find the time.
1: Mm-hmm. It, you can always be doing always something the, else. Sorry. No, go ahead. That, and that's always the thing that like, because you do, like you have seven hours in a day and they have 50 minutes of specials and then there's lunch and there's recess and, especially switching classes, you Mm -hmm. only have so much time. But for me, if I don't get to go over vocabulary Monday morning and I have to do it Tuesday instead so I can have class meeting, then so be it. Because that's like if I'm going to prioritize, like if I were to make a list of things that were important to me in the classroom as a teacher, building relationships is number one. Mm -hmm. So if I am I stay behind anyway when it comes to curriculum, Mm -hmm. just being honest, like I'm always behind my lesson plans. It's just the way that it is. Is any teacher not though? right? Yeah. Let me meet them please. Um, but I always get in what I need to get in. It's just a little bit behind. So I don't think eight minutes on a Monday morning and a Wednesday and a Friday, which is how I typically try to do it is going to be the end of the world. And I'm behind by the time the next common assessment comes out, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, it's just worth it to me. And once it becomes such a integral part of your day and your week, mm-hmm. it does
0: get down to eight minutes. If you start this at the beginning of a new yes. school year, no, you're not going to be done in eight minutes. Right. It's going to take 15 or 20 minutes and be prepared for that. But the right. initial investment is worth the outcome Absolutely. that you get. Um, right. So I did my class meetings. Um, I had like a time in my schedule every day mm-hmm. that was designed like that time was set apart for some kind of class building thing. So you told me, yes, we were either doing a class meeting. I think I did class meetings like that. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We did a class building like something from the Silly Sports mm-hmm. Goofy Games book by yeah. Dr. Kagan, um, mm-hmm. or you know, just something fun. And then mm-hmm. on Thursdays we would do a team building activity. So they would stay at their mm-hmm. tables. I like that. Yeah, and it was a a brain break for the kids first right. of all. Um but it also was helping to build those relationships.
1: Right. And it's one of those things that if you don't if you don't factor it in, then you're it is one of the things that you'll push to the side. Well, you know, and that's like why I did to,
0: it because if yes. it wasn't in my schedule, I wasn't going to get to it.
1: Right. That's something I read recently on one of your posts. Um I'm trying to think it was probably on Instagram. Um About how you plan out your planning period each week, Mm -hmm. like exactly what you were gonna do during your planning period. And I know, like, and I guess just because there's always meetings and you never really know, but like there are two days a week that I could, like, it was such great advice. Like I told Julie, I was like, that is so smart what Kelly does with planning out her planning period. Because me, I'm gonna talk 20 minutes of it and then I'm gonna try to reply to this email that's gonna take me too long. And then I didn't grade any papers. Mm -hmm. You know, like there were things that I could have been doing had I mapped it out, like I plan out every other part of my day, why I haven't thought to plan out my 50 minutes of my time (laughs) of my actual time that I get in a day. That's, I'm just telling you, that was such great advice. I was like, seven years in, I'm like, I should plan out my planning periods better. Have you started implementing it? Not yet. Yeah. (laughs) It was a good (laughs) idea. Yes. But like, right. It's just the time of year with all the like the annual 504s and the ARDS and the just getting everything prepared for testing. Mm -hmm. And so like right now it's four days a week. I swear we have a meeting about, and then I'm also ESL, you know, so like Mm -hmm. I have my four ESL kids that I have meetings on and it's just. Your four ESL kids. I know. I know. I don't feel bad for you one bit. Don't feel bad at me at all. Don't feel bad for me at all. so Uh, so it's just the the, it's the time of year where it's writing samples and like you know like all of that stuff oh yeah tell pass tell pass yeah and it was it was actually kind of fun so I have been um I mean I've you know they changed the requirements for our certification in Texas used to you could not be ESL ESL certified Mm -hmm. but the year I graduated college in 2011 was the first year they said no it's you're going to be EC through six ESL certified. And so, mm-hmm. um, every year though, like I've never been the writer mm-hmm. like until this year. And so this year i you know, I, I'm only doing science, social studies. I was like, absolute, like whatever y'all want to sign me up for, I'm, I'll do it. And so I did it this year and it was actually from, and, and I think it's because I haven't had to do it every year, but it was kind of fun because I was able to like get to really talk to these kids and like see, you know, and they had like five different writing samples that were, you know, you know mm-hmm. how it works, but yeah. anyhow, so it was just a, it was kind of, I mean, it was stressful making sure I got it all in because that's, you know, like 20 writing samples, but it was. It Again, was I don't feel bad. I know. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not anything to feel bad for. But, but on like top have, of
0: like what you're already doing, it's, like, yeah, that so it's extra. Just like
1: that And then just the 504s and ESL and what's the other one? ARDS. And then behavior, we have like a few friends that we have to meet with the behavior specialist mm-hmm. on. So I feel like I'm always like, like my little notebook this year that I take notes in, it's really just like meetings on children. It's not like from my PLCs or from like different things like that. It's just like another meeting, another kid, but mm-hmm. they're worth it to make sure that the kids are getting everything that they need. Right. I think they're helpful, but it's just, you know, super time consuming when you want, you want to like divide your time more out.
0: evenly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think my my last year we had like maybe 35 or 38. Well, no, that Mm -hmm. was how many kids we had. So I would say maybe probably 28 of them were ESL.
1: Were ESL.
0: So, yeah, yeah, it was a lot during Telpass season. During
1: that window, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, Yeah, because I guess Star's coming up soon
1: too, right? Right. Yeah, the writing one is April. April. And then they've moved math and reading to May now.
0: Hey, I have a question for you really quick. How's your behavior management system going? Are your kids responding well to it? Do you keep up with it? Do you even have one? Classroom management is the base layer to a successful classroom. Think of it like a tiered wedding cake. You know, when they make a big cake like that, they put those rods in it, or maybe it's a dowel. I'm not a baker, and to be honest, I'm not exactly sure that I'm even correct in this statement, but just go with me here. You need those dowels in the cake to help hold up the wedding cake, to support it, to give it structure. That's what your classroom management plan is to your classroom. Without that structure, your classroom will crumble, but have no fear. I have a fun and easy to implement resource to help you engage your students in a positive behavior management plan. The behavior management economic system. This behavior management plan system has been researched and proven not only to improve student behavior, but also to teach students about personal financial literacy. This is the program I've been using in my classroom since day one. Students are paid for their positive behavior in classroom jobs. There are opportunities to teach them about saving and spending. In the packet, I tell you about the resources that I use to implement this plan with my students. I walk through an implementation plan that spans over a couple weeks not because it takes that long to implement, but to allow you time to fully implement in a step-by-step process. I provide modifications for grades K through six. I also give you classroom money that you can copy to use in your classroom, as well as some activities that you can do with your kids. There's check registers, checks, and so much more in there. Learn more about the product and grab your copy by heading to the simplyorganizedteacher.com, then to the shop, it's on the top menu bar, and then click on Behavior Management Economic System. It can be yours for seven dollars. And as a thank you for being a podcast listener, you can use the coupon code Simply Teach for ten percent off your purchase. Yeah. Um, another mm-hmm. thing I was going to share, like I mean, if class meetings aren't in sure. your um, time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend, Courtney Tally, who was also in Teacher mm-hmm. Fellows, right. did – she was in a, a fifth grade um, – what is it called? Uh, where you share kids. Oh, team teaching. <laughs> yes. Okay. You're mm-hmm. the fourth person I've talked to today. So I've interviewed mm-hmm. two oh, others wow. for a podcast, and then I had a coaching session in between that. <laughs> so I'm like – first of all, I keep having to drink tea because my throat, like, is <laughs> – going away my voice and then my brain is like fried at this point um because it's almost eight here in germany so i'm like oh yeah it's nighttime yeah um but yeah so she was a team teacher and i think maybe even like switched with like three or four other teachers so same Mm -hmm. kind of thing where you've got like a lot of different kids so what she ended up doing is um okay this is where this is coming from bucket fillers because we talked about bucket fillers last time Mm -hmm. so bucket fillers are based basically just, um, little buckets of, you can use Mm -hmm. whatever you want as a bucket, but kids are like putting notes and encouraging Mm -hmm. other kids. Um, and so that was something that was like too much for her to handle with Mm -hmm. all those kids. So she ended up doing a bucket filler journal and when they came, she still had class meetings, but Uh whenever they came to the meeting, um, let's say I had the journals and I wanted to compliment Amanda. So I would write a compliment in there. I write a letter mm-hmm. to you, whatever. And then I would, we would come to the class meeting. I would read that. And then the mm-hmm. journal would get passed on to you. And then you okay. would proceed, you know, to the next person and so on. I and I thought, that. I know, I thought that was such a good idea and such a a way to um, kind of m- like mesh the idea of having a class meeting, but not have like with a lot of classes and, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So I think that's a really fun idea too.
1: Yeah. The way I have, um, I have it set up in my classroom this year. So I I was self-contained for five years and then last year was my first year to do team teaching so I taught reading math science to my homeroom class and then math science to my afternoon class. And so since I had already, I justified this in my head this way. So I had already bought one class set of but like actual little yellow and black buckets to match my classroom. So last year I just bought one more set, which is just a normal to do. And so then this year I added a third class and I justified it the same way because I'm just buying one class set of these buckets. And at this point I've committed to the actual 10 buckets. Like prior to that, I did the little white bags, like mm-hmm. the smaller size white bags. My first year I did library pockets. Oh, that's um, there's yeah. different ways that you could set it up, but, um, that is just the way that I, I've organized it over time. But I was able to find these yellow and black ones, like super inexpensive at, um, parties, party city party Mm -hmm. city. And, um, so now I have, I have three sets of them and I got this shelf at the beginning of the year that just so happens to fit 12 down one side and 12 down the other. And it's like the first thing you see when when you come into my classroom, it's like a little, this little shelf there. And I have the first period on top, second period in, in the middle, and then third period on the bottom. And, um, they, anytime they come in in the morning, I have a slide up that says, good morning, today's date. These are the list of things that you can do. Um, and so, always on there is at the bottom is you can bucket filler read that's after you finished like whatever, turn in your forms or whatever the morning work was supposed to be, or is supposed to be. And so that's when they get their bucket filling done. I have ran into where since my periods are shorter, we don't always like some kids who always have unfinished work, aren't getting time to bucket fill. Mm-hmm. And so I told them, like, you know, of course you can take it with you. Um, Sorry, the door just opened and Spencer was like, <laughs> um, so, you know, I tell them you could take it with you or, you know, bring it back tomorrow, whatever. Um, but I've done it a couple times now, right now I have one up on my board where I write every kid's name on the board and then, um, someone has to fill their bucket. So there's just like, I have directions. Like, um, if you want to fill this person's bucket, I want you to circle their name after you actually go fill it, mark their name out. So I've done it in the past with post-it notes, but with 66 kids, trying to be a little more eco-friendly. So (laughs) I just write it on the board really quick. And so, um, can they write to people in other classes? Yes. So at the beginning of the year, that's something we worked up to. So they all like a lot of these kids have gone to school together since kindergarten. So they know the kids in the other classes, but at first it was, no, you can only write to kids in our class. And then, um, probably November ish. I told them, I was like, okay, I trust y'all enough now. We had, you know, we've had to have a couple conversations about things that don't belong in buckets. Like, Hey, how are you? Or can you come play with me after school today? Not in buckets. Um, but, uh, now they can handle filling across all three classes. So they're able to do that. And then both of my, my, we're on the the three-way split. Both of my partners let them write bucket fillers in the morning too. So they'll just quietly come in and drop it in their buckets and they'll quietly go back out. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a lot more to manage with, with three classes. Like with two, it wasn't even. It wasn't even. I don't even feel like it was any more challenging than one class. But with the third class and the, the less amount of time that we have, it is a little more challenging. I really like that notebook idea. I felt. I don't know. I just feel like like bucket filling and class meeting kind of just go hand in hand Um, because it's just another way that they can, you know. I don't. Let me think of how I want to explain this. It's just another way for them to get to know each other, like mm-hmm. there's, so, you know, and like appreciate each other, like. I, yes, I'm teaching them to learn academics, but I want them to leave my room knowing how to express gratitude and express their feelings. Like we've talked about this, um, like we have class dojo, the behavior Mm -hmm. monitoring app reminder thing for parents, and they have different lessons on class dojo now about empathy and growth mindset and these different things. And, um, one of the ones that I showed last week was, um, about how our feelings can be like a beast and how we have really strong emotions that could be happy or sad and we just discussed like just like being in touch with your feelings like it's okay like it's or it's not okay for us to tell 10-year-olds they shouldn't be mad you can't be upset like mm-hmm. it's like we expect kids to not have emotions that we feel as adults sometimes like mm-hmm. no you ne- you need to not be in a bad mood you need to get it together you know like you can't have a bad day and it's like i have bad days you know, sometimes my emotions feel like a beast, like the really happy ones or the really sad ones, you know? And, and I share with them too, like, obviously like an appropriate amount of stuff, but I let them know, you know, like, like on my wedding day, that was an extremely like super big, happy emotion. I was like, I told, and I told them, I was like, I was so happy. I cried like tears of happiness. And our, even our strongest happy emotions can be like overwhelming at times. And just to like have that discussion with them and to let them know, like, I, I understand you feel, and there is a place for you to feel in here as we're learning. Like, if you have a bad day, you need a moment. Tell me, like, I have um, one little boy in my class this year who, whenever he is having a bad day, he just kind of lashes out. And then when he calms down, I tell him like, I didn't do anything to you today. Like, I, like, I don't deserve for you to respond to me that way when I am the one here trying to help you. And, you know, and he realizes and he apologizes for it, but he was having a bad day. And sometimes we have bad days and we say things we're not supposed to. And just knowing that like tomorrow is a new day. I don't know. I just am just not hyper aware, but I just really want them to know that like kids have feelings and emotions and we expect, it's like, you know, you see it online all the time where like a kid has a tantrum in the store and you know, there's varying degrees of how people respond to that. Like let them, let them have the tangent. Like they don't know how to control their emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm 31 years old and I'm still learning how to control mm-hmm. my emotions sometimes, you know? Right. And so it's just like, just trying to remember what it was like, like to be upset about, cause we think like, Oh, that was little. He took your pencil, not a big deal, but it's like that pencil someone gave you and that person, you know, like you never know, like the, like behind the story of why that turned into an explosion. And just like, I don't know. Like, I think that's the biggest thing for me. Like just making sure they know that like, like they're, they're people, they are humans. They can feel like having this class meeting environment and allowing them to fill each other's buckets or, you know, and sometimes people like, like they'll apologize to each other in the bucket. Like there's different things that like, Mm -hmm. they have a safe place that they can either write it down or they can say it out loud. And like, when they leave, like when they leave my room, like, I hope they've gathered all their fourth grade information. But what I hope even more is that when they go to fifth grade, there's going to be moments where they're like, No. I'm going to take a breath. Like I'm going to think about this. Or when something good happens, they express gratitude and tell their teacher. Thank you. Like I have kids this year that are like, thank you so much for doing this lesson with us. And I don't think that's because of me. I think that's because of their parent, but I'm hoping next year, like <laughs> I am part of one of those people in there that they pull back from like, Oh, Miss Bisbee, you know, told me it's real important to be grateful, you know? So nah. next year, like, I don't know if that's making any sense, but
0: What is, and it's, and we know as teachers that like our job is so much more than teaching the standards and especially in today's day and age when all, just all the craziness is happening in our world and, um, just all the bad things that I think come from kids not knowing how to handle emotions and how to, I don't know. I mean, but We've got to prioritize creating that culture because exactly we want, I remember I interviewed a lady on the podcast and I had never thought about this before, but she said all of the things that we're seeing on the news that are going on in, in our country right now are represented in our classroom. There's kids that are coming, That's um, true. like who, I don't even remember exactly what, like how she referred to it as, but, you know, we've got the different races in our classroom and that's a huge like source of contention right now in our country. And we've got Mm -hmm. kids who don't have food and kids who Mm -hmm. have anything in the world that they want handed down to them. You know, we have all of these different little babies of what are Mm going to grow up and what we're seeing right now. And so this is like the perfect time to show them how to handle all those things right? or be and a little part that. of showing them how to handle those. things, Right. Absolutely. I agree with that. Were you going to say something?
1: Yeah. Um, I felt like too, like, like just on what, what she said, like when you become an adult, like you get to choose like, like who you're around, you know, mm-hmm. like who you hang out with, like who you li- align yourself with based on your beliefs and different, different mindsets about things. And, for for kids we're like okay these are the 22 of you that are going to be together you know yeah. and if good luck you know like and so I think it's just so important like to you know I'm reading a book right well I'm reading a couple different books right now we're on different I do a read-aloud book in my science social studies class because I just value the importance right. of reading aloud yeah and I have to do it like I even told my principal I was like I do a read aloud at the beginning of my science social studies block because I can't let go of doing a read aloud with my students and so we started the year with um was the first, we read restart and Gordon Corman, one of the best books I've ever read. And then the second book I went to was called ugly. Um, it's by Robert Hoag, and it's basically a real life version of wonder. Like it's a man from Australia ah, who, perfect. um, who was born with a tumor on his face and, um, like leg, his legs were deformed and he starts his book with a, um, I wish I had it here. Um, he starts with an introduction and it's basically, he was like, you can skip to the, he's like, I know you're here to read my book. You can skip to that. Um, but I wanted to tell you why I wrote this book. And it was like to explain his parents' feelings when he was first born. Um, and it was for the reader. And he explained like, as adults, we try to minimize people's differences because it's less, um, not controversial, but less politically correct you know, like it's mm-hmm. let like, you know, we just like, everyone is the same. I don't see differences, you know? And it's like, um, and he says in the book, he said, and adults think that way, but you and I know that's not true. People see differences. And he just kind of explained it like, that just and gave that's me okay. It is. It, it, I'm telling you, the book is so good and it's okay to see people's differences because that's who makes them a part of who they are. Like that is a part of, you know, like they had their similarities, but then there's all of these differences too. So it's basically like, <laughs> and like, we talked about that after the introduction and I explained, you know, like I explained to the class, like we are all different. Like, I don't expect you to not like appreciate other people's differences. And I feel like that's where there's just a little bit of a disconnect between like how some people view differences and how other people view them. But like as children, like they, like, like he said, like he was talking directly to the reader as a child, like ups tend to think like we shouldn't focus on these things, but we know that our differences are a part of who we are. And they, they, you know, his differences is what made him become a successful author. And he just explains how important it is to appreciate people's differences. I go ahead and ruin the ending because there's a picture of him on the back. as like a 40 something year old male. So, and I tell them, so like, there's, you know, it's pretty heavy content. I would only do it with upper elementary. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a, it was a blue bonnet book. That's how I found out about it. Um, but, and I I ruin it. I said, look, he is right here. He's going to be okay. So, cause I know for me, like, I am not sensitive to talking about like when, you know, scary situations or when people pass away, but like, I know that some people like that's hard for them. Like they Mm -hmm. don't, that's not something they want to know, like worry about, you know? And so, um, like I show them, like, look on the back of this book. He is fine. Like as we read about his surgeries and his becoming who he is, like, just know he's going to be okay, but not even important. Um, but just the whole thing about like appreciating people's differences. And I feel like class meetings and, you know, bucket filling is, it's just a place to like appreciate those things, Mm -hmm. you know, like not just surface level. Like I was saying earlier, like, I like your hair today. I like your outfit that has nothing to do with you. You know, like your parents probably bought that outfit. Your mom (laughs) probably fixed your hair at this age, you know? And so, um, I don't know. It's just another way to appreciate those differences.
0: Did you pre-read that book before you read it with
1: them or did you, um, I read it. I did not pre-read it last year. I got it on a recommendation from our librarian. Okay. And so um, this year I knew what was, you know, I knew it was coming because of last year.
0: Yeah. Well, if the librarian recommends it, then.
1: Yes. It's and, fine, so, right? and it was also um, a Texas Blue Bonnet book, and I'm all about those. Yeah. Like Wonder was a Blue Bonnet book. Mm-hmm.
0: That I was a, like a good that. book. I read that with uh, one of my classes one year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: one thing that I've always admired about you is your positivity. And like, and you talked about this earlier. You mentioned uh-huh. it. Like I'm a pretty positive person, and um, right. I mean, you always like have a smile on your face, and you're always like everything you post on social media is mm-hmm. like. Which, I don't. I told you to send me pictures earlier of Very your new house, but don't even worry about it because I know they'll all be on.
1: <laughs> they'll be there.
0: They'll be on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, and I'm I'll an oversharer.
1: So. Bless my poor husband's heart. But I'm yeah, an oversharer.
0: Yeah, but I enjoy
1: <laughs> seeing what's going on.
0: I know Cody gets so annoyed when I like Instagram story. Life in Germany.
1: Yeah, I'm, keep Cody. No, keep doing that because I love your life in Germany stories. Well, that's
0: what people tell me. Is like they'll yes. message me and they'll be like, "I love seeing what life is like there," or "I love keeping up with you." And like, so I'm like, talk, like yeah. So yeah, Cody. You know, I I win on that sure. one. Um, <laughs> But you always, I know that you're probably not always happy or positive, but you always exude, right. exude that. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me about how you kind of got there and in, sure. in what you do in the heat of the moment when things are frustrating, how you remain that sure. positive to keep that positivity.
1: Okay. Um, so, so I think for me, when it comes to being positive, it's just um, like, I personally just have been through a lot in my life and um, I, there were things that were outside of my control a lot. And so for me, something I could control was how I reacted to situations and granted, whenever things were not like, you know, not good or not going so well, like it was a little bit harder to control those emotions, but like with like regular day to day, like first world stuff, like for me, my, my coping mechanism is putting things in perspective and things could always be worse. Like there have been situations in my life where it was like, it was like the worst imaginable thing, you know, like when my sister's husband passed away when she was 21, like that. I was 20 years old and away at college and not a worry in the world, you know? And that was one of those moments that brought me real back, like really quick back to life is precious and you will appreciate it. And since then, like that's been, God, it's going to be 10 years this year. And like hit just the way that my brother-in-law lived and the way that my sister, like, you know, went through that whole process and having my sister's 13 months older than me to the day. And she's just my example. Like, I don't know how people get through life without someone like Hope. Um, That's my sister's name. And um, just having her as if she can get through that and be the person that she is like my little, I have too much paperwork problem today is not a real problem. And I'm not trying to say that in a way that like, you can't complain about your day to day stuff because I complain about stuff like, I ordered a couch last week and after I paid for it, they told me it was discontinued and I was upset because (laughs) that's not how that was supposed to go. And I really loved that couch. But, you know, after a little bit, I came to my senses and I was like not the end of the world that was frustrating, but not the, it's not the end of the world, you know? And I think that's just the way that I've been able to get through like major obstacles in my life. And the people that I surround myself with are people who appreciate life and the people in it. I guess is the best way to describe it. And, um, I don't know. And I think like it's an important to surround yourself with positive people too, because it's easy, you know, and I'm guilty of this. It's easy to get sucked into like, you know, a little gossiping situation or like a little negative situation. And if you're, you know, the one that is positive and putting things in perspective all the time, it is, you know, it's a lot, you know, it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I don't know. I think, it's just, it's just the way that I deal with life. Like I don't, it's not enjoyable to be negative or to be unhappy. And I just, no matter what, like, I feel like I have so much to be grateful for. I woke up today, you know, and like, that is something that I'm grateful for. And like, we just bought our new house. And it's one of those things where like, when you look at timelines and you're like, you know, I'm 31. And like a lot of people that I know have had houses for five years now. And it's like, but that doesn't matter because we have our house now and this is in the right time for us. And I'm just so grateful. And like, we, like we stayed there for the first time last night and I told Russell, I was like, I hope this feeling never wears off of how grateful I am for this little house, you know, because it's just, I'm so grateful that we were able to like get everything in a row to be here. And, um, you know, I was explaining, we had a couple of friends stop by and like no one in my, like there's a couple people now, but growing up, like, I didn't know anyone that had a mortgage, like the house, the house that we lived in was built by the people in our family, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. or they lived in mobile homes. And it was just, it wasn't, no one had a mortgage. Like that wasn't something that, that we did, you know? So like learning these things as I go, like, I don't know. I just feel like I have so much to be grateful for. Like even when things aren't going well, you know, like it's just the way that I get through life, I guess.
0: Well, and I like what you said about, you can be in the moment and be upset Mm -hmm. or be frustrated that you didn't get the couch that you wanted. Right. And that those emotions are okay. Just like we were talking with our kids, these emotions are okay, but how am I going to bounce back from this? What am I going to do? Right. And I think, and,
1: and I'm like, you know, there are things that take time to process and get through like serious things take time to process and get through. But if it's something that happened today at work or in the grocery store or driving down 35, like, real quick, you got to pull yourself out of that because that can be like just the the tiny thing that made this whole day be awful. Mm -hmm. And you only get this day one time. And I know that sounds super cliche, but like each day is like a gift, you know, like Mm -hmm. I truly believe that. And so I just try to like make the most of all of my days. Yeah,
0: that's something I struggle with like that when I get in that funk like this morning, Mm -hmm. okay, so Germans are like very much um, their culture is risk averse. So they don't want to do anything that is going to cause them to get in trouble or like they don't cross the street when the light is red. They do not do it because you can have your license taken away for walking across the street okay. when it is not your time to walk. So uh-huh. this is like the culture that I'm working with, right? And sure. we have this like German guy who lives downstairs and um he has a dog. And every time I take so I don't take the dogs out on a leash because we have this little backyard area. Sure. I just like they're in a they're locked in here all day. I want them to run around and play. And mm-hmm. anytime I go down there, he first of all like Um, He lives on the first floor, so I could technically look in his windows if I wanted to, but I've never (laughs) looked in his windows. But anytime I take the dogs out there, and he's, like, by his window, he'll close them real quick so I can't see in. And I'm like, that's weird. And then today, I was out there, and the dogs are like, going to the bathroom. Luckily, Milo had already walked back inside because – you know, Milo and how crazy he is, Mm -hmm. but scout was still out there. And I see him walk around the corner with this dog and he jumps like, Oh my gosh, these people are here. And, um, I called scout and she came back in never even went near the dog. And he's like looking at me like, um, giving me this death stare (laughs) and I like peeked back out the window and I was like, do you want me to leave the door open for you? And he was like, just go, I'll come inside when you're, when you're gone. And I was like, okay. So I like closed the door and slammed it on him. Um, and I promise this all has a point, but no, like, you're good. <laughs> it, it's stupid, right? Like he's just yeah. being his typical German self. Like my mm-hmm. dogs are large. His dog is like Spencer size, uh, which yeah. for anybody listening is like 10 pounds. So, uh-huh. um, you know, tiny and yes. he's worried that my dogs are going to like eat his dog, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it like put me in a funk for a few hours Mm -hmm. this morning. Yeah. And I kept saying like, Kelly, this is the perfect morning. It's raining. I have my candles lit. Like it's such a cozy morning, but I'm letting this like old grumpy German man get on, you know, like get under my
1: skin. (laughs) I think even in those moments though, like, I think it's important to, I mean, yes, get yourself out of it in a timely manner, but like I have bad days and like you can, I mean, anyone that knows me, even slightly at all, can tell when that is because I'm quiet whenever I'm having a bad day or something doesn't go like, like right. Or, you know, just, I just get really quiet. And my sister tells me like, something's wrong. And I'm like, I'm fine. She's like, you're not fine because you haven't talked in the last four minutes. And I'm like, okay, you're right. You know me better than I know myself. It's the same with Russell. He's like, what's wrong? You're not talking. I'm like, oh, you know, so I think it's important though, even whenever, even when it's small first world stuff like that, you know, like Russell took the charger to work and I don't have one at home, you know, just little stuff like that. Like, it's okay to be annoyed. Like I don't want it to, you know, to sound like I am 100% positive all of the time. That's not like a realistic thing at all, but it's just, I feel like it's so important to like give the issues, the little things that come up in your life, their amount of time, and then get out of them. Mm -hmm. You know, like there is like, put it in perspective. There's so much to be grateful for, you know, and like, and then now you're better and you have your, your day ahead of you, you know?
0: Right. So tell me about how you want to bring this into the teaching world and sure. what you want to do there.
1: So I've just been kind of, and I've really only talked to Russell about this um, and you a little bit, but I now thinking, all the
0: people that listen and now
1: everyone that's listening here. <laughs> um, so what I'm thinking is, I feel like there is um, just a super saturated teacher market right now, you know, of like everything. And it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Like I learned so much from Instagram and online and but, you know, I just was trying to think of something a little different. I feel like we take, um, like, the good things that happen daily with our kids or with our coworkers or in our just education field for granted. And I i don't know. I haven't really got all the way there in the thought process of, it, process of it yet. But I'm thinking about creating just maybe even just like a Facebook page or Instagram account where it's just where teachers can share positive stories. So I follow this account called Love What Matters. Have you heard of this? Who is it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. You I don't know, know what it does. I did follow they it some, time. So it's they have different like strands of topics. So I know like what they, it is, Yes. Yeah. So they the it's a website that I follow, and they um they just share different stories. Like, and it's a bit like it ranges like from um I'm trying to think like they it's just like different stories that people have submitted online, or that the people from Love What Matters have found online and have shared stories on this platform. And it's typically like um, some sort of trial or, you know, hardship. And then by the end, like the person has put it in perspective and it's just their, their story shared. And so I was thinking, um, just maybe just like for teachers or for educators, like a place where we don't take for granted the positive things that happen and the stories that we can share. And it just be a place for that, you know, and I don't want it to be like, Oh, it's rainbows and butterflies. Like we know the reality of like teaching, but, at the same time, I think we overlook, you know, like one bad thing happens a day and I'm done yeah. like that, that day was ruined because of this one situation. And that's not fair for me. For me, it's like, it's not fair to the other 64 or five kids that I have. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to Russell when I come home, you know? So it's like, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of been toying with the idea of like just having a platform where people can share their positive stories and like, you know, take a minute to reflect. I think that's probably my biggest advice to new teachers and to teachers in general is just take the time at the end of the week or the end of the day or the end of the bad situation that just happened in your classroom and reflect on it. Um, because if you don't reflect and that happens again, you're not going to know how to handle it any better than you did the first time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, just like a, I don't know if that makes any sense, but just like a place to share like the good things, you know? Yeah. No, I agree because
0: you're right. Like I can think of very many instances where, well, we've talked about our year from hell. We both had a terrible year too. And um, Mm -hmm. I can think about times when, when I think back to that year, I think about the same four boys that made that year hell. Right. And I don't think about the, 16
1: other kids that I had. I have such guilt for the rest of the kids in that class because I feel like I failed them. But at the same time we were
0: just getting by with what we could.
1: Yeah doing the best that we could. But um,
0: you know I can think about days where I would drive home crying about you know how this kid did that or that kid did that. Mm -hmm. But how hard like I didn't take time to think about how this kid did that and
1: yeah that person, it's so much easier to yeah, focus on it is on it's the easier negative. to focus
0: on the negative and and that doesn't just extend to teaching that is in life in general perspective of life yeah yes it is well yeah. i think that's great if you do it i will be your first follower
1: thank you yeah I, I yeah i'm just still trying to figure out what exactly i want it to look like but i think it would be um i don't know like a good place for just to appreciate. Cause it's, it is so easy. Like you hear people talk about, especially at this stage in our career, like, you know, I've been doing this seven years now and like, we're at the point now where it's just like, well, I'm in it now. Mm -hmm. People get to that point. Well, I've been doing it for this long. I I'm going to stay in it, you know? And it's like, it's just, I feel like not the mindset that you, that people should be in. And there's just so much with the responsibilities that keep getting stacked on teachers that they're just, it's just too much like Mm -hmm. to do in, in our contract hours, even like, or in the evenings and on the weekends, it's just so much. So it's hard to, in your list of, you know, have to do these 200 things. And now, you know, like, it's hard to be like, oh, but, but today this kid came up to me and said, thank you so much for my bucket filler. That made my day. I'm just like that, you know, or like taking the time to do those little things, you know, like, I don't know. I think that's. I forgot I was going with that. Well, I think you're the perfect
0: person for that because you are such a positive person. And And
1: something else that, sorry, I interrupted you. No, go ahead. Um, And I don't know where you can put this in, at, but something else too, I think the whole putting things in perspective, because I thought about this last time after we got off with our first recording, um, was that I feel like too, like my faith plays a role in it because Mm -hmm. just because it can't, like, it's just a part of like, me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think too, like just being, you know, a Christian, I think that is part of why I am positive as well. Like, I don't know, like, I feel like I am like blessed that I get to be here, you know, like mm-hmm. I am, I don't know, like I have so much to be grateful for, you know, like, I think that's a big part of a big part of why I'm positive and why I put things in perspective, you know, is, is because of that as well.
0: Yeah. For sure. Should we tell the people about um, our great exp- our uh, great knowledge of the last time we
1: recorded in the Great British Baking Show? <laughs> no. We're going to leave that out.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> was If you want to
1: talk about the Great <laughs> British Baking Show, I can do that. Because I have now watched all the seasons in reverse order. And it was great. Why reverse order? Um, because when I opened it up on Netflix season... Oh, it, it just started with reverse. that. Okay. It started with that one. So then I did it in reverse order. And it was funny cause I talked to our friend Lindsay about it. She watched it too. And she was, she said, you know, I really liked it when it was these two people hosting it. And I was like, who? Because I was watching it in reverse. And so then I ended up liking the people at the I, end because that's how I started watching it. And it wasn't a yeah, yeah. like big change from the other people. But that's um, yeah, that's something that I enjoy watching. I and still haven't another, been able to watch that. We don't have it here. It's so good. It's just a good have on in the background when you're trying to grade papers. You know, it's a good one. Um, another show that I just binge watched in all of my spare time that I don't have (laughs) right now before spring break, um, is, um, one day at a time. Have you heard of this? Mm -mm. No. Oh my gosh. Is it a series? It's a Netflix series. And, um, so then I do have it. Yes. And so I think they've had, they've had two seasons and it's about a Cuban American family um, that they live in an apartment and they have this, um, this crazy landlord neighbor. That's a real, real, a part of the story. His name is Schneider and he's always, you know, up in their life. And there's a grandma that lives with them and they literally touch on every topic. It's just such a good show. So it's like two, it's a mom who's a veteran. And so there's that whole coming back from, you know, the middle East and like dealing with the VA and then like her, you know, her and her husband got divorced because of, um, PTSD. And it's like, they talk about like all of these real life things and like, it's, it's amazing. And then the grandma lives with them and she helps out and it's just, it's such a good show.
0: Is it like more of a, is it funny or is it more like parenthood?
1: Like, I would say it's probably more parenthood. Like, okay. I mean, there are some funny parts because they're really funny. And they, they talk a lot about their, um, just like their, their pride from their family being from Cuba and like, there's different things. And the, the little boy gets embarrassed sometimes because they're loud and they're speaking Spanish (laughs) and they explain to him, like, this is your family. This is who Mm -hmm. we are, you know? And it's just like it, like I, I have cried several episodes of like, just like, because it's just so good. And I feel like if everyone watched it. Our world would be a better place. Our world would be a better place. What is it called? It's called One Day at a Time.
0: Okay. I'm going to write it down and I'm going to check it out. Yeah, it's so good. Because uh, German Netflix is like really lacking with quality (sighs) content. I have to tell
1: you, and you can cut this out if you want, but I was watching. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go. I was just saying what? Oh, I watched the other day. No, a couple weeks ago, there was a German comedian on Netflix and I watched the entire thing, and it was funny. But I think you would get some of the jokes better than me because it's like a, a yeah. geographical, like cultural thing. And so I watched it with the subheadings, and it was one of those things where I sat there for the first ten minutes, Wait, and I it was, was
0: like, "In German? It, was, like, in it German. was in German language. Okay. Yes.
1: And then I don't know how it, because I just watch stand up randomly sometimes. Like I really love like Eliza, like they're you know in anything. Really, I really just enjoy stand up, and um it was this lady from Germany. I'll look at, I don't know her name right now, but it was her st- It was a standard feature and it was in German. And then it just had the, um, like she talked about different, um, like there's different, um, I can't think of not important. Um, <laughs> edit that out anyhow. So I just watched the subtitles, but it's one of those things where I feel like you are going to love it because there are things that she talks about that you would get that an American doesn't like an American that lives in America doesn't get, you know, right, yeah. it was really funny. I'll look it up and tell you who she was. Okay. But yeah, I sat there through the whole thing too. and i said I committed at that. I'm, I'm
0: impressed. How
1: long was like it? Like eight
0: minutes in. I mean, it was 30, 45 minutes. Wow. I'm impressed. It was good. Yeah. It was funny. Anyhow. So will you wrap up and tell yes. us where we can find you? Sure.
1: Um, I'm on Instagram and my Instagram handle is Amanda P as in Paul Bisbee. And, um, that's really it.
0: Well, and then of course I will, yes. if you ever create your yes. teacher
1: Instagram, I will. Oh, and Twitter. You're Actually, on Twitter. Yeah. Tw- my Twitter account, I'll be honest. So my Instagram account is my personal life and my teaching life because I never separated that. And then, um, my Twitter is just teaching. So it's at Bisby Amanda. Okay.
0: I'll link to both of those. And yeah, if you want to go see Amanda's new house that she lives in (laughs) too.
1: Oh yeah. Come on over (laughs) because I'm about to overshare it. Do you, is your Instagram private or no? Um, I go back and I, it's not right now, but then I go back and forth on, sometimes I turn it back on and then I, I choose who I want to befriend and then I I reprivatize it. You know, that seems like a lot of work. I go back and forth on it. It just depends right now. It's not private. Anyone can follow me.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for coming on the podcast a second time.
1: Absolutely.
0: I am so thankful that Amanda took the time to chat with me. Plus, it was so good to see my friend, even if it was just over the computer screen. I'm curious, though, do you do class meetings or bucket fillers in your room? Or what kind of community building things do you implement in your classroom? I hope that by listening to our conversation, you'll be encouraged to build some type of community aspect into your schedule. I know, I know, I know, I know that it's hard to find the time, but I promise you it will be worth it if you just take the time to initially invest in learning about it and teaching it to your kids and then implementing it on a daily basis. If you have a minute, would you do me a favor by heading over to iTunes to write and review the podcast? I would really appreciate it. It helps other teachers find the show. All right, guys, I will see you back here next week with another mini-sode. Until then, enjoy your week. Be fired up about your kids, your job. Your kids deserve it, and you do too. I'll talk to y'all soon. How many of you have a U-table in your classroom? If you teach elementary, probably every single one of you. But even if you teach secondary, this resource is still great for you. The Organize Your Table resource is a PDF product that I've created to help teachers work through cleaning out, organizing, and creating routines to organize their U-Table or their teacher desk. When we have an organized teacher space, we can find things easily and we have much more opportunity for impromptu student meetings or small group lessons. In this resource, I give you action steps, pictures, and tips to help you along the way. This is something that can be done in as little as an hour or take you up to a few days, depending on how quickly you wanna work through it and how organized your space already is. The product launches February 7th, 2019 for $4, really $4 to help you organize and create routines for one of the most used areas in your classroom. It's a great deal. So be sure to get your copy as soon as it launches, because the price will be going up in March. If you are on my email list, you'll be the first to know when it's live. And Hey, I may even throw in a coupon code for you. You can join by going to bit.ly slash TSOT email, or if you are ready to get your copy, head to the simply slash lp-utable-resource. Friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Simply Teach. Don't forget to head over to the simplyorganizedteacher.com for all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and you can sign up for my email list there. Also, be sure to find the Facebook group because I want to be your social media friend. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com.
1: just, ex- he just explains, let me start that sentence over. So he just explains. I'm gonna start that sentence again too. He just explains how important it is to appreciate people's differences. And